We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith podcast. Um, Newcastle United 2, Sheffield United 0. Um, we're in the car in some traffic trying to get out of Sheffield at the minute. Adam, I'll come to you first. What a night, eh? Unbelievable, absolutely incredible away end, and I fancied it. I genuinely thought something might, something good was going to happen tonight. Um, I didn't know if it was a moonshine talking at the time, but as it turns out, we've we've beaten a, a very well drilled and a very good defensive side. Going into this game, Sheffield United had the second best defense in the entire league, and we've gone there and we scored two goals, and one of them, both unlikely in their own ways. Um, but I'm absolutely elated, and it's it's put a, a completely different complexion on the season. We've you've got to give credit to Steve Bruce. Um, yes, sigh here. <laughs> normally, <laughs> normally I'm very negative about Steve Bruce, and um, tonight will be no exception. No, I'm joking. Well, though, um, that was the weirdest weirdest game of football I think I've ever seen like at no point in the first half did I think we deserved to be ahead, but by the end of the game I think we deserved to win. You know, just we were. We were the the more mature, I would say, of the two sides. Um, Sheffield United were good. They're they're a, they're a good kind of positive football club, and, and you know, in a good city, and it's it's nice to see them doing well. Um, and they gave us a really good game in the first half, and probably deserved to be ahead. They were very unlucky that that we'd kind of scored our only chance. Um, but by the second half, I thought they'd start to run out of ideas. We started to get more confidence. And to be honest, the second goal. It's not really that fortunate that you know we've seen the replays now. It's not that fortunate. It's you know Shelby's miles on side and they're so stupid for just stopping and letting them score and that kills the game. And you know and from then on we'd we'd never looked like uh you know we'd been under the cosh quite a bit. But from that point we'd never looked like losing the game. And fair play to the lads. They've, they've done it again. They've, they've won another match and it's they're exceeding expectations. Uh, we, we need to keep it up. We need to keep it up, Mickey. Well, we might as well get on to the big talking point of the game first. I, you've touched on it there. Alex, I want to come to you because I know you've got strong feelings on the subject, but um, a goal was given by VAR tonight for Newcastle United that otherwise would have been ruled out, and it was a perfectly good goal. We've seen the replays now. Carroll's a foot onside. Shelby's two yards onside. Their entire team stopped. Firstly, firstly Alex, how do you feel about VAR now? I think I've, I think I've always said that I'm, I've no issue with technology in football. Me, me, me problems with it have been... When they're, when they're looking for reasons to disallow goals, that's what I don't like about it. Or when, you know, the front arse cheek of a player is, is offside <laughs> or something like that. Like, that's a load of shite, but, but you know, it, it, it's allegedly here tonight. <laughs> it, it's here to, to stop things like that. And I think 
you know, I think back, there's a couple of goals last year. We had scans throughout, I think, of Iose Perez at Huddersfield away to make that comfortable. He was three yards on side and, and so forth. And it was, it, you know what, I just want to say fair play to fucking John Joe Shelby. Four goals for the season. He was, he was done at Newcastle after the start of the season where Hardy was dropped. He had teenagers playing in front of him. He, and he had this manager in Steve Bruce who brought him back into the team, who told him he was a good player. And he dropped him and he was done. And everyone wanted him gone. They wanted him off the wage bill. And he's back and he's the captain. And he's contributing in an immense way, both defensively and offensively. That was quick thinking tonight because they stopped, which is, which is ridiculous. They stopped. And, but even if they hadn't stopped, by the way, it was a great run and a great flick from Carroll. So even if, even if Sheffield United had played on, um, we still would have been in a, in a fantastic goal-scoring position. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great stat from Adam. Um, you, can see, you can see why they've conceded so few goals because they kept us to zero chances tonight, pretty <laughs> much. Um, and we've won 2-0. And, yeah, I just, you know, I've heard that the Sheffield United manager's not happy. Well, play to the whistle, mate. It's, it's not hard. Like, if we conceded that goal... We, and I'm sure everyone listening, would be foaming. So for their manager to come out and blame something like that on, you know, you know, on the result is, is, is not fair. But, but, but we don't care because we've come to Sheffield, we've come to a tough Premier League team. I think they've only lost one home game this season and they're unbeaten in seven in the league. And we've beat them 2-0 and we've beat them comfortably in the end. And Newcastle United, as we know from going to a lot of these games and everyone listening knows, we don't win very often away from home in the Premier League at the highest level. So to get two in the space of a month or so, it's a massive boost to this team. And we're up to 11th, 19 points mm-hmm. from 15 games. Get the passports out. Yeah, um, and who who on earth would have thought we would be saying that at this point in the season? That's a joke, um, by the way, I don't think we're going to qualify. Uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll you win never... the FA Cup. That's how we'll get there. <laughs> you, you never know. Was that, that Colback crack a few weeks ago? Was that a joke as well? <laughs> it was just it was just a challenge. It was it was yeah, it was a challenge directly to George Shelby. He'd obviously heard and come back and come back into form. Um, you're right. You're right to point it out with Shelby, and you know I think I was I was as critical as any one of them, and I, you know I, there's a few other people on this podcast I can't remember who, but people had said that modern football had passed him by, and you know it kind of did seem like that at the time, and I think how emphatically he's uh, he's proved us wrong, and it was it was so smart of him today, and it's a it's a bloke with a, a proper footballing brain that realised everyone else has stopped, I'm through on goal here, VAR's going to look at it, I'm just going to finish it, and you know mm-hmm. their manager. Their manager is a fiery guy, but I think he's a smart guy, and I suspect part of what he's part of what he said there is to deflect the the massive criticism that his players are going to get across across the country over the next couple of days because it's it's a it's a disgrace, isn't it, what they've done to just completely stop and let us score a second goal? So yeah, and the the important thing is the referee hasn't blown the whistle, so Shelby's. I, I want to give him loads of praise for being intelligent to just just to play on and score, but pl- of course he's going to play on. The ref hasn't stopped the game, so he, if anything, he's just playing on instinct and running through and scoring a goal. And it's just it's it's. I get it. You're right. I think you know Sheffield United have had a very good season. It would be very harsh to suddenly give their players loads of criticism, even though they've absolutely dropped a bollock there. So I can see why he's saying that. But he must be going back in there saying, lads, why did you stop? Like surely. <laughs> I had, I had the kebab on order. I've cancelled it. Um, look, yeah, no, Shelby, brilliant to, to do that, but you'd expect any player to, to play on there until until the referee blows his fucking whistle. It's it, it's elementary stuff, it really is, and, it, and I think that showed um, <coughs> just the, the difference between the two teams tonight was that kind of intelligence, that experience, and that kind of just maturity, I think, as I said before. 
I think you make a really good point there, Si, and I think it's almost like there was a naivety, wasn't there, to, to, yeah. to, to, to pick up what you were saying there. And, it, and, and, and in a way, maybe a bit of arrogance there that the, you know, the home side, that they've, they've had an incredible season, they've got some amazing results and great performances. But like you say, they, they completely dismissed the very, the very basics of football that we're all told. Um, the referee made it very, very clear that he was waving play on and he ran through, almost like with John Joe, <laughs> uh, to, to say, but then even, but even but then, and, and the thing is, Dean Henderson, is, his defenders have stopped and that's shit, but Dean Henderson can see the referee playing it on and he didn't make any attempt. Like, I, I, it yeah. was almost like the uh, De Canio Bartes thing in the FA Cup. Yeah, it, 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 just, play, just play on, play on. And, it, and I think, you know, before VAR, and I, I've got lots of issues with, 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 with VAR as well, like, like Alex, but if, that, if, this, if this had happened last season, that, that, that offside goal would have been given and John Joe Shelby probably would have got a yellow card for not playing, like, for, for just, you know, kind of playing, playing the ball on because the referee would have just blown for offside and that would have been given and we never would have got that and it would have been a much uh, nervier end of that game than it was. Um, so, yeah, and, but I think we still need to give credit to John Joe Shelby for that run. Nobody picked him up, but just a great run to anticipate the Carroll flick on, and it worked. It did work, and it was really satisfying to see. And I'm I'm dead pleased for Shelby, and and, and I'm pleased for Carroll because he's he, he had a tough time of it today. He didn't he didn't get really get involved. He looked a bit off the pace, but he's he's had a massive contribution to was winning that game there. And you know he he will have come off the pitch, and he was he was waiting to come off the pitch for ages. By the way, ages like the Joe Linton was stood on the side for like three or four minutes, and. Um, they they had a series of corners which just kept Carroll on the pitch and it's led to it's led to that goal you know um, it's really it's really really satisfying onto the first goal and it, I mentioned to you Alex in the first, uh, uh, during that game I think it was before um, that that Max that Sir Maximan against Man City had jumped like twice his own height to challenge the keeper for a header and at the time I thought bloody hell like uh, that was that was some leap that as if he's got that in the locker and he's done it again you know we we couldn't see it from the the, the opposite corner of the pitch quite low down we couldn't really see what happened and we definitely couldn't see who scored until the kind of murmurs go around from other people about about the fact that it was Sir Maximan what an unlikely goal for him to score for his first um, considering the, the way he's played what an, what an unlikely goal for him to get his first bag and, and I hope he runs on with it just how good a header was it Alex? Well, like you say, Mickey, I was at the other end of the pitch in, uh, in, in the corner. So You've seen the replays, though? I've seen replays while driving. Not that I look at my phone while driving. Um, a traffic lights only. But it, I think you're right. The, the key thing is one of the front three got a goal. Hallelujah. It can happen. It did happen. It'll probably happen again. And that's the main thing. And, you know, St. Maximan didn't have his most effective game tonight, but he scored. And that, that that's, this is the thing about the results. Uh, you know, it's so positive to get the win. And yeah, you know what? First half, Sheffield United played well. I was really impressed. Second half, I thought we controlled the game uh, without the ball. But you can still do that. Um, you know, Sir Maximan hasn't had his best game. He's got a goal. Andy Carroll struggled a bit. Got an assist. If I've given that assist, you know what I mean. Positives all over. And one of the things about our relegation sides in the past, I felt, is that on the whole, we have to we we would have to play incredibly well to get anything from a game let alone a win you look back to 15-16 and Bournemouth away aside you know all the games that we did win or took points from were often like the better side by a mile it's it's fairly positive being going to games like this tonight yes be shite in the first half because we were because we you know we, we afforded them way too much space around the penalty area way too many shots on goal um, but but we've won the game and, and I said to on the match day podcast that we did for patrons there which is out now, up now, if you do um, support us on Patreon for about seven quid a month. Um, so at half-time on that, 
you know, Sai wasn't very happy. Sai said we played badly. I said, well, we haven't played badly to an extent. Sheffield United have played well, and we haven't been able to counter that. But we're winning one nil. What an opportunity we've got, and the manager's got to win us the game. You know what? Fair play to him. We came out in the second half much better than we did the first half, and the manager deserves loads of credit for that. We found we were able to retain the ball much better in the second half. We passed to each other, we were able to create space, relieve the pressure in a way we couldn't in the first half. He moved St Maximan and then Christian Atsu later on much closer to Andy Carroll. Um, and it was, a, it was a brilliant kind of, like I think one of you used the word mature, I think it was a tactically astute performance. And yeah, there weren't wholesale changes in the second half, but the manager made some tweaks in terms of positioning and the way that we carried the ball, and it worked, and fair play to him. It's a big win for him tonight. I think Sai said at the end, or someone said at the end, he should come and take the adulation of the way, and he took about two steps towards her and give her a clap and, and, and hurried away, probably because he's, you know, he's doesn't have the confidence yet to do that in terms of taking the claim as, a, as in Rafa did. Uh, there was even, some people might not like it, Mickey, tonight there was a few Steve Bruce's black and white armies near us in the OANs. There was a handful and there was a, there was a lot of people shouting his name when when he did take those couple of steps and in, like in the build-up that to try and kind of goad him over at the OANs. Um, there was people shouting Bruce and it almost, it almost sounds a bit like Boo, by the way, which is a, which <laughs> you might be a bit gutted about, but it was definitely, definitely Bruce. Um, it's strange to see. It's strange to see so many people so positive about him. But you can't you can't argue with that tonight. And it's not the first time this season he's made a couple of kind of what seemingly minor changes that have had a massive impact on the game. And one of them is is, is kind of the same thing as he's done before, pushing those pushing the fullbacks on brings the entire team ten yards further forward. And when you do that and you combine that with being able to hold on to the ball for 10, 15, 20 seconds at a time, which we weren't doing basically ever in the first half, it has a massive massive impact on the performance and. You know, I, I would say that I, I disagree with what you said about the first half. It wasn't just for me. It wasn't just Sheffield United being good, although they were. I think we were very, very poor, and we were we made some some basic mistakes, and and our, our ball of attention was was abysmal. There's there's, there's no denying that. Um, but to come to come out in the second half and to, to capitalise on the the fact that we'd got that goal, which was our, basically our only time in their half, by the way, in their first half, to capitalise on it and come away with three key points is is tremendous and. There's a few players that deserve some real credit in that in that game there, but for me, there's none more than um, than Fernandez at the back. I thought again he was absolutely rock solid, and he, he didn't really put a foot wrong. And you know, for all the chances they've had and for all the all the saves the Brack has made, I think I think Fernandez was excellent. I don't know if anyone would would disagree or raise anyone else's having a good game. No, I mean, yeah, certainly there, there wasn't that really many standout players, was there? Fernandez was the best of the defence. He, he was solid throughout. I thought actually the back three were, were much improved. Um, certainly in the second half, they, they seemed to sort of be a bit more coherent. Um, Dummett had a much better game. Uh, Kieran Clark looks looks really really comfortable as a Premier League centre half at the minute. Um, man of the match for me was Martin Dubravka again. Like he was so fucking good. Um, there's no point in having a goalkeeper that good if he's not going to win you a couple of matches by, you know, making more saves than the other keeper, which is what he's done tonight. He's he's made three or four really really good saves, really really important saves that I don't think um, is it Henderson Hennessy, the other end makes. Um, certainly certainly in the first half an hour he's he's made some outrageous saves and then in the second half he, he gets clattered and then goes on to pull off another save from a shot that was going top back. So he was excellent. I also think that my, my favourite part of the match was the last five minutes when Almiron went off and Steve, the master t- Bruce tactician, puts Javier Manquillo <laughs> into the front three <laughs> and Emil Kraft and a, and a right wing back. Master, master stroke. <laughs> Manquillo was classy. He, he got forward. He won a few free kicks. Skin yeah, he skinned a few players. 
Unreal. It was wonderful. Can I make a really quick one? Yeah. That where Almiron going off was was art. Like I want it, I want to see that as a as a gif of someone can do it. Basically, the, the the referee walked alongside him while he did that Peter K bus stop run. <laughs> like, like knees were going up and down, shoulders were moving, and the referee was outpacing him with the walk. Like for, fair play to, to, to fucking Almiron doing that in front of the world. It's incredible. On uh, on like international TV on Amazon yeah. Prime as well. Fair, like, fair play to him. I thought I thought he had another very good game without um, without offering too much tackle, Adam. Yeah, I just want to jump in and, and you know a couple of things like Sam Axelman was I mean clearly injured in that second half. I thought he probably Atsu I was kind of begging for Atsu to come on a lot earlier because I was kind of worried that Sam Axelman was going to do himself a bit of a mischief. You know, he's he had a few injury problems at the start of the season and we need to kind of protect him I think a little bit and Atsu is a perfectly, you know, capable, very tactically astute replacement, albeit not as exciting. Um but I just thought his leap for his goal so unlikely and, and, and it just kind of shows the athleticism of him you know the spring that he has um, just the agility uh, to be able and, and desire to get his head on that ball um, you know in the build up that goal he did you know did one of those roulette Marseille roulette things and like just he's just wild. sorry man uh, whatever it's called it, it was it was really really impressive the other thing I noticed about Carroll and this kind of um, it, this kind of sort of feeds into something Alex was saying earlier about um trying to get the inside forwards closer to the striker so whereas kind of this has been happening a lot with Joe Linton he's been isolated a lot when Carroll got a flick on in the first half and nobody was in, like Almiron I think was, wasn't anywhere near it and it kind of went just near the goalkeeper defender just cleared it he he gave an absolute earful to Almiron for not being anywhere near him and it's kind of like you need that bite and that leadership and someone just tell them where the fuck he wants them to stand like Joe Linton sort of might you know Joe Linton doesn't have the authority I guess that Andy Carroll has because this is Andy Carroll's club you'll he'll, he'll feel and, and, and Joe Linton doesn't necessarily he's an absolute raggy as well yeah and he's an absolute raggy and he'll break your jaw uh, according to the song but uh, you know, Joe Linton might give a shrug and just like sort of like you know just look down and be a bit disappointed whereas Andy Carroll he was, he was close to just grabbing Miggy by the scruff of the neck and t- almost placing him where he wanted him you know so yeah Absolutely right, of Bruce, to sort of make that 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 that, that and it, that, that's something that we're going to have to look at moving forward in terms. Of, you know, if we want to create more goals, if you want to, if we want to create more meaningful chances, we're going to have to get more cohesion between the the, the, the you know the attacking three. But uh, such a good team performance tonight, and everyone everyone battled. People are playing for Steve Bruce, and that's that's pretty that's a pretty significant uh, fact. It is, and that's another thing that we're all unsure about in the summer was whether whether Bruce was going to be able to get the squad on side and get them playing for him. But he definitely has done that. That's beyond doubt now because there's been too many good performances. Um, so I'm going to come to you with this next question because I know you're the, you're the most negative in the car, but it's impossible. To, it's impossible to be that tonight. Just looking at the context of this game, and we, you know we come out of that. We've come out of a, a good run of form. We've got Aston Villa and put in a really, really bad performance all over the pitch, including Bruce. Every, everything on that day was wrong. We'll come out of that, get that result against Man City, and then we'll come down tonight to Sheffield United away. A tough game. Get three points. Where does that leave us looking for the rest of the season? It leaves us in 11th place, Mickey. 11th in the league. Uh, in, in, in what is, once again, we'll talk about it every week because it is a mental league table this season. We're two points off sixth. And we're like we're now five points off the relegation zone, I think, um, which is which is a healthy healthy position to be in. It's not brilliant. It's not brilliant. You know, being eleventh and 
with the league the way it has been and there's been so many inconsistent teams we're alright we're doing okay Steve Bruce has absolutely um, exceeded my expectations what he's got now is a really good platform to, to do something so alright he's, he's kind of proven the likes of me wrong in terms of I'd completely written him off I thought there was no hope in hell of him getting anything out of this team such was my my low opinion of him he's proven that he can he's proven that, that one that this team is capable of of, of winning games of if you know playing against basically anyone you know we've, we've got points at Man City we've got points off Spurs we've got points off Man U he's proven that this team's good enough to, to compete so that that's kind of that, that's he set himself some some reasonable um, standards now to, to keep to so what what I would hate to see is for us to just like whittle on and just think that that's enough and and now just continue to aim for 17th he's got a platform here to try and do something better and really like prove that, that he can take on this job um, so we've played some good we've played some good football I don't think we played our best tonight and as, as Dodd said it's, it's a good thing it's a good thing that we've played reasonably poorly for the majority of that game and come away with a 2-0 win that's, that's a really good thing to be able to say about yourself that we've played badly and got three points I don't think we should be um, raving too much about that particular performance but you know that's, that's four points off those two games and we've got a really good opportunity to win another one with, with Southampton on Sunday so if he goes on to, to win that then yes he's, he's, he's got a really good platform to, to take us somewhere this season and I'm not saying we're going to get in Europe I, I, I don't think that um I just don't. I don't think we're good enough, and I don't think the manager's good enough. But I, I, I can't. I can't continue to to speak the way I have done all season. If he keeps doing this, you know, I, I'll, I'll put my hands up. I was I was wrong to write him off entirely. Yeah, I think I think we all were. And, you know, there's there's not many people that support Newcastle that were that were positive about Bruce coming in in the in the summer, and that the, there was nobody, maybe apart from Luke Edwards, there was nobody that thought that he he, he would be clever tactically and make and make these subtle changes which he has, which has had impact, uh, in big impacts on big games, and and he, and he has, and it's worked, and it, and it's got it's got with three points today. Alex, we're going to South, Southampton game at the weekend, and three points from that puts us on 22 for the season, 22 from 16 games. Where where do we look from there? How you know how how far do you think this can go? Oh yeah, eighth, ninth. You know who knows and where we're gonna get to this season. Like, you know, this is Newcastle United. We don't do it the easy way, do it. Like draw with Man City. Everyone has said if you were gonna get four points this week, you would draw with Sheffield United, get beat by Man City, and beat Southampton. Um, it's not happened that way. You know, obviously we could win the game, but it, like Sai correctly says, it's a it's a huge opportunity Sunday. Like I'm, I can't wait for the game now. And we need to be up there as fans. We need to be ready. We need to be supportive of the side in what, what is a massive game because it's not just about us going ninth or going however many points off six. When we beat Bournemouth, I think we were seven points clear of the relegation zone, and we went into it tonight two points clear of the relegation zone. So that five-point gap, if you don't continue to pick up points, particularly this month, will soon dissipate. Particularly with Everton sacking the manager tonight. So yeah, there's a, there's a great platform there, but it's it's all about how we play as well because. I've no issue with that tonight, you know, I thought first half, to be honest with you, I'll say there wasn't loads of difference between that first half and the first half of Villa, apart from Dubravka pulling off two worldy saves and then missing a header from six yards out, which I should have buried, but you know, for all what you can complain, it's the same as Man City, if you want to miss headers from six yards, yards out in the Premier League, you're probably not going to win a lot of games, especially when you've got some Maxi Man at the other end showing you how it's done in a much more difficult position from a much more difficult cross. So, you know, lots of positives there. And yes, Sunday is a great platform against, I think, or a, there's still a poor side, Southampton, despite some a recent upturn in form and for, uh, fortune. What, 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 
what I really like about this side is it's just full of like lads who put their hand up. Do you know what I mean? Jamal Lascelles gets injured. Fernandez will want you to play in the middle. No problem. I'm, you know, emphatic in the air, imperious, dominant, calm in possession. Even though he, he tried a couple of those mad runs like he did against Man City and embarrassed himself, but we'll give him it. You know, look at um, Kieran Clark. Nowhere near the bench for most of the season. Puts his hand up as soon as he comes in. John Joe Shelby, we talked about. Isaac Hayden. Some people probably may write him off after the Leicester game. He's back. He's pulling off ridiculous tackles. He's, he's a massively positive influence on the side. Javier Manquillo left out of the side. A lot of people think for no real reason at the start of the season. He brings in Kraft. He plays him. He's not very good. Yedlin comes back and everyone says, all right, Yedlin's back here. We're gone. And he's back. He's tonight. He's, he's making big performances and big games and, and proving people wrong. And that's what I like about these lads. You know, they've been put together. They've been written off this season. You know, when Sai's saying we're going to finish bottom and other fans are saying it's a no hope this season. Some of those players might have taken that quite personally. I think, actually, hang on, we're still here, you know. We're still playing for the club. We're still putting putting our best in. We're not going to finish fucking 20th because we've got a new manager and they're proving that. Yeah, it's really difficult to argue with that. Adam, I want to just give you the, the final word on the on the day and, and the away end. Overall, there was a very, very catchy song doing the rounds tonight about Sunderland, which kind of dominated the, um, especially in the second half, dominated the, the, I don't know what you would call it, the chance, um, which in a way I, I kind of find a little bit disappointing, but it was like, it was it was hard to ignore because it's such a good it's such a good tune it's such a good song. Um, what did you make of the away end of Roland? You know, was it was it a fun part, fun one to be part of? I thought it was excellent. Honestly, I had an absolute blast. Like um, the, the the chant you're referring to is the Sunderland get battered everywhere they go. Sunderland get battered everywhere they go, everywhere they go. Which I believe is uh, that's like a beautiful South Rotterdam, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Which is an unlikely source for a football champ, but there we go. There's another one. Um, I, I, like, on, as I said, like um, I, I heard about sort of 25 different chants tonight. Like there was so much variation. Like, and we kept going all the time. Like, it's obviously difficult when you're in the way end and such a, a really good raucous away end that you don't really get a flavour of actually any of the kind of uh, the home support at all. Same, similar thing happened at Anfield for me. Um, it was just Newcastle fans, Newcastle fans, and, and then you only heard the Liverpool fans when they scored. And actually, I, I, I only heard the Sheffield United fans tonight in the second half. I think it was 55 minutes, I remember, specifically looking at the clock because I was just seeing how, how far into the game. And it was because they were annoyed that um, Billy Sharp, had, I think it was Billy Sharp, kicked Mankio from behind, it got his Achilles, quite a nasty one. And then they booed, they booed Mankio for, for, for hobbling, for like get, getting a knock on his Achilles, which is a bit funny. Um, but that was the, I, I thought, well, at least, they're, at least they're here, at least they're, you know, they're making, they're making noise. I mean, for, for, I appreciate it's a, th- it's a cold Thursday night, but Sheffield United are having an absolutely fantastic season. They have every right to be just be bouncing like at any at any opportunity to, to you know to celebrate a team that are outperforming most in the Premier League. So it was a bit disappointing that they that the only sort of noise I remember hearing was was just sort of um, just anger really. Um, Wilder's obviously annoyed as well or whatever. But I, I thought for as, as an away trip, I've just excellent company lads obviously. But that away end was was absolutely stunning. Like and we got we even got Mickey's favourite jingle bells jingle bells. Um, how good it is to <laughs> see Newcastle win away! Just brilliant. All, all, all the, all the favourites coming out, and um, I just really loud, and I was just bouncing. I was just pogoing for like most of that second half. It was class. You can understand why their fans were a bit annoyed in the first half because they had like nine or ten chances, and and 
must have been 95% of possession was in our half and we've scored and <laughs> um, and it's, re it's really shut them up a lot of the pundits in the build-up this game were, were bleating on about how uh, Bramalane was going to be bouncing all game blah 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 blah. we hear it all the time but then Newcastle go to places and just outsing them regardless of what happens but tonight tonight that was really obvious my favourite thing about that chant for us you know I think the first time I heard it was about Scotland um, and it's true for them as well but for Sunderland it's true across three leagues like they just get they just get done in off everyone to play and it's uh, <laughs> it's so thin Alex I think you want to I was, I was going to say whatever happened to Sunderland I've not heard of them for them in years can you update me on how they're getting on I mean I presume the, 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 the last time I've heard of them get battered everywhere they go Sunderland get battered everywhere they go I think the last I'd heard of Sunderland is that that won that won some sort of cup because because all their fans had public cans last season. I don't, I don't know how they got on from there, but the famous Trafalgar Square the trophy. The Trafalgar Square trophy. They, they retained last year. The, the thing about the thing about us is like we, we should we should probably be lauding it up a little bit more than we are because of the state of play in Newcastle United. But hey, you know a lot of mutual respect between the two cities. A lot of similarities. They're eleventh in their league in the fucking Northern Premier League, whatever it is they're playing these days, and we're eleventh in ours. So nice <laughs> little northeast tie bonds that bring us closer together. Um, I think you're a little bit. Uh, what's that Family Guy character, Buzz Killington, with your so <laughs> with your song, please, partner, <laughs> from the away end? No, I, I, I know I, I am being I'm being hypercritical, but you know I, I like the, I like to hear our fans get get behind the lads, you know, especially when we're winning away from home. But it, it was fun, and it, like when when there's a catchy song like that that everyone gets involved with, it, it is it is fucking meant to be part of it. Especially when you know this is the first time I've heard it from from Newcastle fans and. And like I say, the fact that it's just like proper true about the Magums is make, makes it all the better. Um, well, thanks, thanks everyone for for listening and putting up with us in this this car journey home. We're approximately two hours away from Newcastle now, and everyone's got work in the morning. I'm all tired, but it's so easy to do this when Newcastle went away, and it's such a fucking joy. And and I don't, like Adam says, we've got to sing. Oh, what fun it is to see Newcastle win away in the build up to Christmas. What a time to be alive. I can have a big taste, you know.